and welcome back to episode 10 of At Least It's Not Rocket Science. I'm your host, Nathaniel, accompanied by my co-host. JJ, and accompanied by my co-host. Kyle. And we are actually sharing the space with a special guest today from our APOP team here on campus. Hello, um, so my name is Sam, and um, I'm a team member of uh, APOP for my capstone. Um, I'm a mechanical engineering major with a aerospace minor. So what is what does APOP stand for? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's so a, it's yeah. just like a, a team that um, we're given uh, an engine like a mini engine from the Air Force, and then like we have to like uh, uh, like basically modify them, uh, maybe to like uh, having more thrust, or um, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I was gonna say because APOP, uh, first off, your patch. Is super cool your uh, your team patch, but I remember uh, James Shea, the the president the the president of AIAA here at OSU. He even got our acronym wrong for USLI. So <laughs> if you don't know APOP, that's fine because not even the president knows our acronym. <laughs> so, and that's with the the Air Force, right? Uh yeah yeah um so uh we actually get most of our budget from the Air Force. Yeah, that's cool. And so, <clears throat> before we get too deep into that, so, Sam, uh, did you, so are you from Oregon? Uh, no, I'm not from Oregon. Uh, I'm actually from Kenya, which is uh, East Africa. Wait, really? Yes. I, I have am. a friend that's that was born in Kenya as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, that's great. <laughs> that's cool. So, what brought you, uh, or what brought you and your family here? Or are you just here and your family's back in Kenya? Uh, yeah, it, it's just me and myself, so, um... So when I was looking for colleges, I just found like um, Oregon State. Um, so at first, I was like uh, interested in robotics, and like Oregon State was like really good when it comes to robotics. And then, um, so um, I just decided to come here and uh, take my undergrad as mechanical engineer. And then um, I just realized aer- aerospace was kind of fun, so I decided to try it out, and now I'm kind of enjoying it. That's good. That's awesome. I was going to say cuz that's a long way. That's a we're a long way from Kenya. Yeah, it's it's like um around 30 hours of um uh of plane, so yeah. Oh man. And uh how long have you been here? Um this is actually my fourth year. I'm fourth a senior. Year. Yeah. Man, so what do you think of uh well, so have you been to the United States before? Um no, really. Okay. So what yeah. do you think of United States from the perspective of being like in Oregon. Um, um, I think it's it's quite good, you know. Like everyone is nice over here. Yeah, so that's good. What about the weather? We're known um, for being very rainy. Oh no, I think the, like the first year it it wasn't that bad, and then now it's just like summer is just becoming uh, like ninety nine degrees or something. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think there's, like, a climate change, um, and, like, the past few years, it's just kind of different. Yeah, it's been changing quite yeah. a bit. So, APOP, aerospace engineering, all from Kenya. That's amazing. When you're, maybe well, this is a bit of a spoiler for some of the questions we're going to ask, but um, are you going to go back to Kenya, or are you going to try to stay in the U.S. when you're done? Um... Well, that depends on where the money is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. You know, we... Uh, to recap a little bit of last week, we talked with the the team captain George from the Mad W team, 
And uh, he kind of had a similar, he's from Hawaii, and he had a very similar response, which is like, you know, wherever the money takes me, right. which is, you know, fair enough, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. A-pop is, uh, is a team that I haven't had really a chance to, like, look into too much. But whenever I see something about it, it seems really cool because you get, like, a little jet engine, right? Yeah, we do get like a jet engine from uh, from the Air Force. Yeah. So tell us about that. So what do you do on that jet engine specifically? Um. So um. We uh for this term, like I mean not for this term, but like for this year, um our project is basically um like modifying the project uh modifying the the jet engine uh that it, pr- it makes it produces um an electricity up to like five thousand watt. And then at the same time, it produces enough thrust to run the engine. So um, that's our challenge for this year. But like every year, it's different. Last year, they had a different um, they had a different challenge. And uh, I was told that the engine didn't even run. So um, I think this year we're doing a much better job. Nice, <laughs> nice. I I think I remember your team giving a presentation at one point that you were doing like flow analysis like in in like Siemens NX or something uh yeah we do have to make calculations like especially like the mass flow rate and um the temperature and then uh the pressure and all that so um all that goes into uh, the calculation and then we have to like collect that da- uh, the data and then uh we have to show it like um during the competition mm-hmm. so yeah and so the Air Force sends out uh, these like miniature jet engines to a bunch of university teams around the the U.S. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, they send it to like other other universities, and then like we just compete and see um with a given budget, um who can like use maybe like the list and then uh, produce like the best engine. So like make the most efficient yeah, engine. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. And so how big is it? Like, I'm, I, they can't see it's it. It's like the size of a football, yeah. Oh, a football. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's much bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was like, uh, I mean, okay, like. Okay, uh, maybe s- just a little bit a little smaller. smaller than the football, yeah. American football? or American football, okay. yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, um, like I said, I always see videos about it, and it's amazing seeing that you guys get a run with such, like, a high high-tech piece of technology, because I can tell you, for one, I don't understand a, d- a jet engine that well. And the fact that you guys get to tinker with one is pretty cool. I mean, like, um, joining the team, I actually had no knowledge uh, about engine or aerospace, because it's actually my... Um, last time was actually my first time uh, being in aerospace minor. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it did take some uh, time and research to um, understand, like, how the engine works and all the concepts and all that. But once you get into it, it, it's quite fun, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, APOP having, like, this direct connection to the Air Force is kind of like our our capstone project with, like, our direct connection to NASA. So for, like, the the competition that you guys end up doing for APOP, do you go anywhere in the U.S. or in the Uh, world for that sake? Oh uh, yeah, uh, for the competition, like the final competition is gonna be like somewhere around April, and um, our team is gonna be going to Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Uh, not to not to slander anyone from Ohio, but they couldn't pick a more boring place to <laughs> to send uh, to send a team. I was gonna say uh, that's another OSU actually is Ohio State University. Yeah. So, but are you are you excited to go to Ohio since you haven't been anywhere else in the U.S.? 
Um, yeah, I am. Like, especially like since we have like extra budget, so oh, uh, nice. we we're like thinking maybe we could get like a first class, you know. Ooh, uh, that's but, uh, bougie. I'm not sure if we're allowed to do that though. I think the Air Force would be hella mad. But that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, they could send some jet, like private jets, out to fly you out. That would be yeah, even right. cooler. If they're they they might be mad about it, but. Just load them up on the back of a C-130 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Load you guys up in a cargo plane or just fly you out like on Air Force One. That's cool, though. I was going to say, go ahead. I know they do uh, helicopter rotations from uh, OSU all the way up to UW. Oh, they do? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. Uh, A couple of years ago, actually, they did one of those rescue helicopters that they do on on ship. And they land, you know the, the rugby field? Yeah. Um, they landed a helicopter there and picked up and then dropped off a bunch of people and then kept on going. Just for fun? Yeah, it was just an exercise. So it was, I thought it was pretty cool. But Helicopters <laughs> are always something that's super cool to me because they are not very efficient with their their thrust and all that <laughs> stuff. Like, gas is so expensive. Well, like We're learning about that with the, the 411 class. But yeah, I exactly. wanted to ask yeah. you... Um, are you doing anything, like, fun with the trip? Or, like, you're going, hey, you're going to stop here? Because we're thinking about, because we have to drive. So oh, we figured we um, might stop at some of the... Uh, we, th- we figured we'd take we, our time. We, we, um, well, we wanted to go do the uh, Bass Pro Pyramid. Yeah, it's on the way Of course. Back, right? Yeah. Things like that? Yeah. Sightsee a little mm-hmm. bit? Just a little bit. Things like that. I mean, that depends on the budget, though. <laughs> yeah, it's either first class or right. explore, right? Yeah, because I don't yeah. know what's in Ohio other than, I don't know, cornfield? Yeah, corn, flat, <laughs> <laughs> empty well, space. It's the, there's the Ohio Valley, right? That's mountainous. A valley? Is it like a ditch <laughs> on the side of the road? <laughs> I don't know. My, uh, my knowledge of geography is failing me right now. Um, I'm joking, of course. Ohio is great. I've never been there, but uh, Glenn Research Center is there for NASA, so shout out. <laughs> Nathaniel's looking at me, very suspicious. What? You good? <laughs> I'm good. I'm wonderful. Yeah, I think, you're tired, I think he's aren't tired. You? <laughs> We're all tired. A little bit. Are you allowed to... <laughs> I, I thought I just thought about this because we have the same issue for our, our competition. Yeah. We can't... Okay, so... We have a big rocket motor that mm-hmm. essentially is just like I, I keep calling it an explosive with the yeah. direction. Yeah. Um, are you allowed to bring a jet engine onto an airplane? I mean, <laughs> I think so. Or else, how are we supposed to drive? Take it? Yeah, uh, I I think we are. I guess. Um, is there TSA rules about that? If you don't bring Honestly, fuel, I don't I know. Think you, you, might wanna, <laughs> you guys might want to look into that. Uh-huh. Do you use a uh, fu- liquid fuel? Yeah, we do. Okay, then if you if fuel up at location, you should be fine. Yeah, the TSA, drain it out. The TSA confiscated you check. You a, check cap, a cap gun for me that was bright blue, had an orange tip, and a you red had, plastic you handle. Had to check it. We, we <laughs> might have to like send it to them. Yeah. And then, oh yes, yeah. mail it first. Yeah. If you declare, like, uh, I mean, we've traveled with firearms before. You just declare it. And it has you to can check it in your bag. Check it in the bag. Right? Yeah. 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 You, you let them know. You can't fly it. It's, you know, a delicate thing. Yeah, in um, case if yours dies and I could put mine over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, I just thought about that. I was like, hmm. Because TSA's, like, they, they, they can get real uh, strict on certain things. I think it's just the mood of the TSA agent. I mean, that's fair, too. It's probably subjective. I had this, uh, I was traveling with this little wallet multi-tool. And I, I've been on it about four times on a plane. And just this last time, they made me 
take it out of my wallet and do this. And he goes, this is a deadly weapon, sir. Look at it. It's sharp. And I take it and I go, no, it's not. He's swiping on his hand. I'm swiping on my hand. And I'm like trying to cut myself. And I'm like, no, it's not. And they're like, sir, sir. Sir, I need you. I need you to calm down. Calm down, sir. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, what, what are you? What, what's going on? Oh, man? I just want to fly home. I just want to fly to Disneyland. Well, where was I going? I, we were no, we were going to go visit my in-laws over over the Christmas break. Mm-hmm. But uh, she, then uh, they, she made me mail it to my own house, and then charged me like fifty bucks for that. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I think they tried to charge my dad. They cuz it was my, I was coming from Disney World <laughs> and I had this cap gun and I didn't even think about it. My dad didn't even think about it cuz again, it's like bright blue. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like a solid piece of metal. Mm-hmm. And uh they like tried to charge my dad like $125 <laughs> as like in like fees for it and he's like, "Heck no. Like this is their fault." Like they, cuz they like called the police and everything. <sighs> For the cap gun, and I was like, "I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry." He's like, "It's not your fault, son, but it's coming out of your allowance." <laughs> I didn't. I actually didn't get an allowance, so it just came right out of my college fund. So, but I was gonna ask. So, ha- have you been around the world quite a bit, or you you just been to the U.S. from uh, like Kenya? I've been to the U.K. Oh, the U.K. Then, yeah, I've been to like some places in East Asia. Mm-hmm. And then um, also South Africa, yeah. What is what do you think is your favorite place that you've been? Mm, I hate to say it, but I think it's the UK. The I UK guess. better <laughs> than the US, huh? Uh, I can't say that. Uh, he's pleading the fifth. <laughs> well, you just gotta travel. Yeah, 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 just a little bit. So more. where were you, where were you in the UK? Were you in uh, England? It was, just, it was just London, yeah, England. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was about to say I I have been to the UK yeah. and it is it is very cool. Did you see Big Ben and all that? Uh no, I I was just like because I'm just a big soccer fan, so I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Okay, like, that that makes sense then. So were you watching the World Cup? The World Cup was not in UK. I know, but I mean, were you watching it like oh, yeah, on TV? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, was. I was gonna say I have. Uh, I haven't been, like, a massive soccer fan, but I did play soccer for a while. I'm not built like a soccer player. Yeah. <laughs> I, however, was a goalie. So oh, okay. that, was my, that was my foray into soccer for quite a while. You do look like a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> I, take that as a, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> I, I'm wide. I got the reach. You got the reflex. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, uh, I, that's what I always was told. That's, how, that's what my parents would always tell me. They're like, you're built like a goalie. You should play football. Like I don't want to, Mom. I don't want to play football. I could get hurt. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed playing football. So the UK, I was gonna say, the UK was cool, and like the the different like countries in the UK, so like Wales, Scotland, yeah. Ireland, and England. I've I got to go all those, and I I agree. Yeah. The UK is probably my favorite place that I've ever been. But mm. just like you said, <laughs> I haven't been to that many places. Yeah, I've... <laughs> yeah. Kyle I've been all over too. Yeah, I was so. gonna say, Kyle, you were you in Bahrain? Is that what it was? We were in Bahrain for give or take a month, um, and then we went to France, Germany, Italy, and technically Austria. Austria, but mm-hmm. we just kind of like drove through it. Part, part of the Alps. Part, part of the Alps. Um, and then all over the states. Pretty much all the southern states I've been to or lived in. Um, Washington, Oregon, California. Yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Um, 
And I've been to Virginia, Georgia, Florida, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just get the it. just the flyover states that I'm missing. Yeah, so. we get it. So <laughs> back to APOP. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, does because uh, I know you mentioned that you've got like four members on APOP, right? Total. Yeah, we we had five, but then one of them left the team, so now we're left with. Four. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Did they leave the team at the beginning of the term, like fall term? Oh uh, yeah, just like this term they left. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Out of nowhere, or did they like? Oh uh, no, I think personal he had issues. Personal issues uh, where he <laughs> he wasn't like start, uh, He's not taking classes this. I time. see. So oh, that, gotcha. that makes sense. I thought I thought he like switched to a different yeah. team. That makes see sense. You guys. No, we we wouldn't let that happen. You'd <laughs> <laughs> end up out back. So um, how's the structure of APOP? Um, cause like since we were only four, so like um, everyone has like quite a lot of uh, responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. So before the person who left, he was actually um taking responsibility on um on CAD uh using SolidWorks, and then uh. We do have um, a team leader, mm-hmm. uh, so he basically uh, he just like prepares us like with the schedule and all that, and then we do have someone for research, and uh, my responsibility was basically uh, mostly coding, mm-hmm. so like the calculations and uh, all that using MATLAB or Python. I was gonna say, are you the one that came up with that MATLAB code that they just got? Yeah, yeah, I did. I saw that because I'm in all the the Discord channels. I like watching yeah. one, and then I <laughs> heard that you someone got like a wonderful MATLAB code going for that little jet engine. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Wonder how yeah. that looks. So, <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't, I didn't, um, I don't think I'm in that Discord, so uh, I didn't see. It. Yeah. Gotcha. Never mind. Yeah. Might have been someone else. Yeah, I know, but like. I don't know who uploaded it, but like, uh, I'm. It's definitely not me, but. <laughs> So how is the kind of labor distributed? Is everybody just like like you were saying in those sections? Yeah, no, I mean, everyone, or is there a lot of crossover? No, everyone is in the same section. Everyone is in the same class. So uh, we just we actually met um during full term, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we worked like quite well. Like uh, like communication was good, and like yeah, the relationship between the team is good. So yeah. And so now. I also know your team captains kind of switched a bit. Oh uh, yeah, we did switch. Uh, I think Is the it just fu- I think uh, that the other one got tired of being the captain, so like yeah, <laughs> they, they switched it. Gotcha. That was kind of funny when I heard about that. Did everybody uh, take a turn being captain or put that on your resume? I'm captain now. <laughs> no, honestly. Uh, Either way, we're all going to lie on our resume that we're the captain. Because so. <laughs> of the amount of work everyone's doing. Yeah. I'm assuming like, everyone's just piling in on yeah. each other. and It doesn't matter how uh, the competition comes out. We're just going to be like, yeah, we were second place. And then, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Unless you got first. We were so close. We were so close. We're kind of seeing like, kind of like a similar thing right now with USLI. Like, we have our, yeah. our different teams, like error recovery, payload, <clears> and then structures. But right now, we're not like really set into those teams we're kind of just going wherever people need help yeah uh like just today i was bossing you guys around during the uh yeah i know technically a structures meet but i'm on the payload i'm not even a team lead so i'm I'm team captain and i'm on error recovery and propulsion i mean we're like only four so like we have to take the responsibility like we can't just like sit there and relax you know so now do all of you really enjoy the thermofluid sciences 
Uh, or not so much. The, the classes, I don't think they're enjoying <laughs> it. Like, um, Everyone. Just, yeah, I don't think anyone is enjoying the classes, but like um, the project, I think we're enjoying the project. Yeah. You learn quite a bit, but it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, <clears throat> when we were, because uh, we, we've been doing research to, to see like kind of a little bit about what you guys do. Yeah. Just so we could get this interview going and not be like completely out of the loop. Uh, and it seems appreciate that. yeah it, well because it's it's super interesting and much above what we do right now because it you know it's like more in depth for one field and we're more in depth mm-hmm. for the other but that's the field that i don't even think about like because it's so exhaustively complicated and mm-hmm. especially since there's only four of you it's very impressive that you're managing to to do better than last year Oh no, we we do have like support from uh, outside the team, like other people, like they were you volunteers, yeah, like volunteers, mentors. Yeah. Oh no, we we had like a like a few volunteers. In fact, one of them was actually doing more than the, our team members. So like oh, he, wow. he's doing a great job. Yeah. I was gonna say, do you uh, where does the team meet? Um, so we usually meet like um around four p.m. on uh, Monday and Wednesday. Yeah. And where's that at? It's um the AIAA lab. Yeah, is it? No, uh, it used to be AIAA. Yeah, it's 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 AIAA lab. Right? So if you're interested in helping volunteer for APOB, you heard it here first. 4 p.m. Monday, Wednesday at the AIAA uh, lab in Rogers Hall in the basement. So, yeah, we and kind of moving back to the competition. What what is the date for it? It's mm-hmm. so like when will this end? For April you, I guess? is what. Um, it's around April. April. Uh, I don't. I don't have the exact date. And gotcha. Our captain. April twelfth, perhaps. Um, uh, maybe twelve point five. Twelve point five. I was gonna say because it seems like all of our competitions are in April. Because yeah. Mad W is in April. Yosalai, yeah. we're in April. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say Mad W is like, and also they're only in Texas. We might be driving mm. through Texas to get to Alabama where we're doing our competition. I think that's a good excuse to miss classes. I <laughs> know <laughs> it's like right it's right at the beginning of spring term I think too so this is a weird time yeah I hope we don't have any exams during that. You know my sister I've actually been meaning to tell this story Sorry excuse nice. me <laughs> Nice I've been meaning to tell this story my sister she also graduated from OSU with a construction engineering management degree mm-hmm. and she for her capstone project, she went to Vegas for a like a contractors like competition thing, and she was there for like a week, and then she came back. That's cool. Yeah, because I know that we've talked about Vegas <laughs> for some reason in our in our <laughs> long drive to Alabama. So, but my sister actually got you know essentially to get her education, she had to go to Vegas to do this competition. That's really cool. So yeah, because I, I, I forgot that she did that. And I was talking to her, like, <clears throat> a few months back. I was like, oh, yeah, my, I might have to drive down to Alabama with uh, – I might have to drive down to Alabama to launch a rocket with NASA. And I'm like, did you have to travel for yours? She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Vegas. And apparently the competition was only, like, four days, and the extra three were just theirs. So she got to go to Vegas for fun. A lot of uh, – For Capstone. I'm really kind of jealous for all the people who get to, like, travel a lot for – you know, their school. Like, Ian just came back from... Where Where did Ian come where back from? Where was Ian, yeah. California. California? Ian is one of our members. He's our payload lead, and he's been 
He's from Washington, but he's been traveling around recently. Yeah, because he was in like Florida for a bit, and then he went back up to Washington for a bit. He was in Vegas for a while too. Really? Yeah, I, uh, he was. That was for band, I think. Yeah, he went to the bowl game. Yeah, because every oh, time yeah. I'm like, "Hey, you want to meet up and work on this?" Can't. I'm in, I'm <laughs> yeah, in Canada. I'm in, he's in some I'm in Canada. Yeah, he's like in the middle of Maine or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna be like I'm in Antarctica one of these days. That's where I. That's where I want to go is Antarctica. Getting South Africa's not too far from it too. <laughs> so that's that's another good question that I wanted to ask. So like, because we've been we go back and forth between A-pop and like your yeah. personal life and stuff like that. Would where do you where in the world would you want to go if you could? And then where, like, because we know the U.S. pretty well. Where in the U.S. would you want to go if you have anywhere that you would want to go in the U.S.? Um, I think I'm thinking about North Carolina. North Carolina, really? How come? Because, <laughs> uh, like, my, my home is there, so. Oh, yeah, okay. Gotcha. That's because cool. that was no, an oddly. It's, it's not about. That, yeah, not I, a lot of people go, you know yeah, what? Yeah. 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 Kansas. <laughs> I mean, like, it's. Sometimes it's not about the place, it's about, it's about the, the people. people yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, I feel that's a, that's a very, very sweet answer. Uh, North Carolina, I don't think I've even been to North Carolina. I have. Yeah, I didn't ask you. <laughs> I didn't ask you, Kyle. You've been everywhere. <laughs> so what about the world? Um, I think I haven't been to Tokyo yet, and uh, I think that's an interesting place. Japan. To to Japan. I've actually, I was going to go to Japan before COVID, before yeah. uh, the pandemic. Right. Wait, so you would have been here, like, you would have come here, like, right before that, right? Four years ago? Um, Like, to Tokyo? No, to uh, to, to the U.S. Like, you yeah. can't, were you, like, what was the first year you started here? Um... 2019? 19, yeah. Would have been 2019. So did you, right have you before. gone, yeah, have you gone home? Um, oh, I just went home recently. Yeah. Oh, you did? It's been like three and a half years since I haven't been home. Oh, okay. yeah. Was that because of the pandemic? Um, Half of it was because of the pandemic, yeah. That must have been nice to see your family then. Yeah, yeah it, it was good to see my family. That's awesome. Know, like for Christmas, you know. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, just, I just had a, like a lapse in, in memory. I was like, wait a minute. Because we, I kind of keep forgetting that we kind of went through that whole period, you know, of yeah, yeah. isolation. Of isolation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we're, Tokyo. Tokyo is some place that I have always wanted to visit. Like Japan in general, I've always thought would be cool. The cherry blossoms. The cherry, oh, yeah, the yeah. sakura trees. Oh, yeah, man, I'm looking, thinking about the anime. So. <laughs> the anime? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. That too. I'm not a fan, of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Japan's on my list, too. It's one of the only places I haven't been to. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we get it. Uh, Kyoto is one of the, the big things that I want to go to. Kyoto, yeah. I think, would be super cool. I want to see Mount Fuji. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, I have, I've, going to, like, uh, Asia in general is something that I've always wanted to do. Turkey is another one. That'd be pretty cool. Actually, Tur- is Turkey Asia? It's like Asia it's Minor. Like, it's Asia. Yeah, it's mm. that's like the that like Turkey is like the connection between like Asia and Europe, and I'm pretty sure Asia's called or Turkey's called Asia Minor because it's like mm. right there. So in Kenya, because I'm trying to remember off the top of my head where Kenya is on Africa. It's actually like on East Africa, like just like right it? below Somalia. Oh. Uh, Okay, so it's oh yeah, so it's pretty close to Ethiopia as well, right? Yep, uh, it's like right below Ethiopia, South, and then yeah. near Tanzania, Tanzania, right? Oh, uh, it's on top of Tanzania. Yeah, it's I'm on like top trying because Ethiopia, and that's on top of Tan- so like Kenya's like right here. Okay, yeah. 
I was going to say. And are you, like, in the coast or are you, like, in the middle of the country, like your family? Um, so, like, we're in the capital cities. That's, like, in the middle of the country. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... I've always wanted to visit Kenya, Ethiopia, Tunisia, and, um... There was one more. I forgot what it was called. Egypt? Oh, that, that's another one, actually. Egypt would be yeah. pretty cool to see. I forgot what it was called. It has to come back to me. What does it start with? I don't even remember. Is it Chad? Is it, <laughs> is it on the east? Or? No, I think it's like in the middle of the country. I'm trying to remember it now. Uh, Ghana, Cameroon, Sudan. No. Morocco? No, uh, wait. It's. Uh, why, why can't I think of it? Nigeria? No, not Nigeria. Why, why can't... Uh, was it one of the northern Africa? No, no, hang on. Uh, Congo. That's what it was. Oh. I couldn't... I was trying to remember. Because I know there's two Congos. There's, like, the Republic of Congo and there's the Democratic Republic. Because mm-hmm. I've talked about the coastline being, like, this right, big. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. On the African coast. So... But, yeah, that's amazing that you're here, though. I mean, we're happy to have you. We're happy to have you in our capstone class, too. Yeah. So, do you like OSU, then? Yeah, I do like OSU. Good. Yeah. It's... I think it's a fun place to meet people. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It's not like in a... It's it's like a college town, so, like, everyone kind of knows everyone, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. I'm from... I'm pretty far from the location of, uh, of Corvallis here. Like, I'm from a very small town, and so coming here and meeting all those people is very interesting to me. So, because I'm not used to this kind of uh, environment... You all right, Nathaniel? Yeah, I'm good, boy. Sorry, Nathaniel's like falling asleep. <laughs> As so. we're rec- we're recording this, it's actually only seven. So I was why are say, you falling asleep? So yeah, for <laughs> refer- like right before this, like uh, I get was you did your team meet before this then? Yeah, we did. I literally just came from the oh, lab. Oh well, perfect. Yeah. What were you guys working on today? Um, like I think we got everything done. We just like testing and then yeah. So do you guys test at the P lab? Yeah, the P-Lab, yeah. That's where we are. strap down your little yeah. rocket and then just that's right, feed that's it? That's right, that's right. So, actually, like, we'll be meeting, like, mostly, like, at the P-Lab right now because we're done with everything from mm-hmm. the AIWA lab. Yeah. So, now, how do you, like, read the... Or, like, what sensors do you use when you're testing? Um, I'm actually not the one responsible for that, so I, I don't know what sensor they're using. That's fair, that's fair. But, yeah. So... If you guys are in the P lab, have you interacted a lot with the new aerospace professor, Doctor Wurz? Yeah, it's Doctor Wurz. Doctor uh, Wurz. I don't believe he's. I don't hear. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's at UCLA. Okay, I yeah. think still. All right. Oh. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I remember in the general body meeting, general body meeting, mm. he had his little presentation and his new layout of what the P lab is going to be. Uh, that that's not gonna benefit us. It's gonna take years, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, because yeah, he's like ion and like plasma mm-hmm. propulsion. Plasma I propulsion. think we should get him in. Here. Yeah, that that's awesome. Doctor Wurz. If you're listening, we seek to get you on the podcast. <laughs> please, so, please. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I was gonna ask another thing that I forgot. Are you really quick? Are oh, you graduating winter term it. or spring term? Um, actually, um. After this term, I only have, like, one class left. Oh, that's nice. But then uh, I'm doing an internship for MECOP, so I'm probably going to, like, graduate, like, later. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you know who you're going to be interning with? Uh, I think it's Heister Hale Group. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, after college, do you plan on 
pursuing a master's or do you want to go into the workforce? Mm, I think it's it depends though, like where the opportunity is coming from. If I got opportunities from the workforce, then I think it's a good idea to get more experience, like in from like like real life experience. Yeah. And do you have like a? Because I know you said you go where the money goes, right? Yeah. Do you have like a dream job that you'd want to do? Like a dream job? Yeah. Um. And let's say like they're gonna offer you exactly what you want too, but like any company you could be with or yeah. any. Yeah. Or, like, any position or yeah. subject matter. Uh, yeah. I do have, like, a dream wages, you know, but, like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's true to his word, at least. Yeah. So, like, no specific company like Boeing or, like, anything like that? Mm, I, I don't think I care about company. I care about uh, the work they're going to give me, you know. Yeah. If it's interesting or not. And so. if you enjoy it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Are you looking more in the aerospace field, like with what you're doing now, or would you want to do to something else like material oh, science yeah. or, that's a good I don't question. know, oil? I think, like, after this capstone, uh, I'll be looking more into aerospace, yeah. <laughs> Specifically working with engines or? Well, I, I'm down to try something new, so, yeah. Get it, become like a jack of all trades, get like the yeah. expertise from everything. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the propulsion in general is super cool. Um, I can't begin to understand it, but there's also like a, like the <laughs> bump jet engines that I've seen before where they're basically, they're basi- yeah, I, I think that's what they're called. Bump jet. Bump jet, bump jet. I don't, what does sh- a bump jet do? Yeah, I don't, we've taken gas dynamics, and that does not sound. I think. Are you talking about like a pulse jet? Maybe that's what it is. Not a ram jet. No turbo it's a, jet. It's not a ram jet. I remember in gas dynamics, the the one that's like yeah, yeah, it's it's a pulse jet. yeah, the pulse jet. I think. I think it is a pulse jet. I think that's okay. what I'm. The words got actually mixed around good, in my head. Good segue. One of the things that I wanted to talk don't to for a desk. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> uh, sorry, one of the things I wanted to talk about. For a while, it was have you seen NASA's new pulse jet? I have not. Well, it's I don't think they call it a pulse jet in so many words, but I was looking at the Science News article, and it was like, hey, you know, we have this amazing new propulsion technology. It's going to cut our space travel by like half. We're, it's describing what it does. I'm like, you know what? You know what that sounds like? That sounds like a fancy pulse jet. And I talked to you, Nathaniel, about it, and it honestly, it's like. Hillbilly space, you know. <laughs> Honestly, like what it is is imagine we just got the Dorito engine, the rotating detonating engine, mm-hmm. and shove that into a rocket because that's what they did. It's a rotating detonating engine, which caused it to be a pulse jet. Mm-hmm. But it's a pulse. No, it was a pulse jet that spun. Yeah. And you know, what what a pulse jet is is I think the latest thing that they used it on was what it was like a World War Two. Some yeah. back in the day, yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So like this technology's been around like for a while. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, so we're gonna make it spin and then we're gonna put that on a rocket and it's gonna be awesome. And I think that's kind of amazing, honestly. It, it's air <laughs> breathing though, right? Uh, I believe it is, yes. Yeah. And it looks like uh you know how the SR seventy one has those nice little like the tip mm-hmm. on the front of the air inlet? There's a name for those, I forgot what they're but called. But it's in the back. Um, it's on the so like the engine it has mm-hmm. a tip as well and that's just to distribute the shock waves that would come from the I see is that is that that's part of the ram jet right hold on I'm I'm blanking I'm ram? trying to remember as well because that uh, has is that, that the the intake is the out so it's the exhaust the they tor- have that toroidal toroidal do you know what a toroidal engine is 
I'll have to oh. see one, <laughs> you know and then tr- maybe I will. you know would. what a toroidal engine is? Okay. No, but before, it's not air breathing, in it, but it doesn't need oxidate. Oxidate. Okay. Oxidizer. oxidizer. That, that word, oxidizer. I, I got you. Don't worry. Um, so it's not going to breathe the air. It's going to be, I think, a hydrogen and oxygen uh, fuel mixture. I see. I see. Uh, yeah, I, the bump jet. I just came to mind because like I saw someone put one on a bicycle once. Oh, what? And ride it, and ride it down to a runway. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, exactly. So okay, so a toroidal engine. This is actually cool. This is something here. You got to pull the monitor over so I can read. I'm gonna Google things. Oh, this is weird. Um, no, it's not on this monitor. Toroidal. Toroidal. Am I saying that right? Yeah, because it's supposed to be like donut shaped. Well, there's like different kinds. Okay, when I, so when I hear toroidal, I think of the fruity shoots or toroidal parachute. Tor- yeah, it's kind of like that though, if you think about it. The shape is okay. So basically, what it is, is it's like a distribution. Well, I'm gonna explain it first, and then you guys are gonna get the idea. Okay, you have to sit and listen to me. Yes, Nathaniel. Okay, so basically, <laughs> from my memory, we'll, we'll confirm or deny this in a second. Uh, it's like a bunch of engines that essentially blow like their exhaust or blow like the their force of propulsion like down at like an an angle and then it shoots it like straight down in like a spike. It's called like an arrow spike, is I think the oh, name of it. Oh, okay. yes, that is exactly what what's going on because they have an arrow spike. Yeah, in the back of this new jet. Did I say toroidal engine? I guess I meant arrow spike. I no, it's also th- called a tor. Is it? Yeah, see? Oh, so I'm right both ways. Uh, and that that would explain the, why they call it a rotating detonating engine. Aerospike. Yeah, that was the one that just came to mind. Yep, they have that little guy back there. Yep. Okay, so... It's like something out of Star Wars. I don't honestly. know if it's the toroidal engine, but I meant the aerospike. So, yeah, they have, like, this where it has, like, those jets of of exhaust, like, at an angle. So that way it, like, focuses it. Fluid mechanics. Look it up. <laughs> Wow, that's a great image that you made me click on there. Too bad I can't see it. <laughs> this is what it looks like. Yeah. From so, the video of, uh, that NASA posted. Yeah. Except all this is like all blue. So it's, and... fo- it's focusing the exhaust yeah. in one like point. Yes, Which yes. is, it's super cool. I mean, look at how sharp that, that thing is. <clears throat> There's one on a rocket right there. Yeah, I was going to say, can we, we put, put that, that on, on our, our USLI USLI rocket? rocket? <laughs> great minds to collect. <laughs> no, but uh, I guess this new engine is going to be really helpful for our deep space uh, explorations. Is it like super efficient or? Yeah, I found the article. So it looks like Show this. The, yeah. Show yeah. the picture. You can see those diamonds too. Oh, that's pretty too. cool. Show yeah. Sam. Yeah, you can see the diamonds. And see, if they, basically, uh, see if the Air Force will send you that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they do. Yeah. Right, hold on, let me, oh, let me review really, this. Really quick tangent. Do you see any mock diamonds with your APOP engine at all when you guys are testing? Um, no, we don't. No? Okay. Oh, man. I just wanted to know. It's fascinating to see them. Just like the little. Yeah. They have a video if you guys want to see. Sure. Yeah, let's. Do you have a skateboard or anything like that? Oh, uh, I do have a skateboard, but not like that. Okay. You should attach the APOP engine to it and ride it around campus. Yeah. Can uh, you see JJ? <laughs> oh, that's cool. I wonder if they can hear that. I don't think they can. We really need to get like video hooked up. Well, we, we can hook it up. The audio we just could, won't uh, be that good. If we, we could um, attach the link to our socials. We could. And then that way, those of you watching, if you head over to the AIAA Instagram or AIAA Twitter, you'll be able to see the video that we're viewing right now. Yeah, during this conversation. And also talking about shock diamonds. <laughs> hey, this is actually at Huntsville. Wait, really? Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama. Ooh. 
um, and they're they're doing th- these tests there. And okay, so the article says they fired for ten minutes and demonstrated that it could withstand the intense heat and pressure it created without exploding to a million pieces. Good thing. Um, the article claims that it produced more than four thousand pounds of thrust, which you know for a little engine like that is a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Little engine that could. <laughs> a little engine that could. Which they say amounts to roughly 622 pounds per square inch of pressure. Uh, in all, all in all, the successful test fire is a positive sign for NASA's hope of colonizing the solar system. Also, help with commercial space efforts as well as allows craft to carry more payload and travel more quickly through the cosmos. And this is an article off of the Daily Beast by uh, by someone by someone. Someone, someone that knows more than we to- do. Someone named Tony. <laughs> uh, so, thank you, Tony, for writing you, Tony. this article. And Sam, thank you for being here on behalf of APOP. Uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you got somewhere to be. So thank you so much for being here. Um, and thanks for coming to the interview. Uh, it's good that we learned a little bit more about APOP. Oh, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. You guys have a good time. We hope to see the end of the project, too. Yeah, I was going to say, keep us updated. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'll take a video and send it to you. Awesome. Appreciate it. Hell yeah. Thank you. All right. right. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, this is, uh, this, this, all these engine talks, especially learning about like the, like doing jet engine stuff on campus, like with APOP, talking about the way that like connects in real life with like propulsion technologies that we're using, you know, in all aspects is amazing and so we really appreciate sam for coming out and doing that interview with us uh, i mean we appreciate all the teams for coming out and interviewing with us but we appreciate them because they they are a very busy team as as he mentioned with the uh, with as little people as they have and so it was nice uh hearing about their project and getting the word out about it because i certainly want to see the the results yeah, there's so many different projects that the school has, and I want to be involved in all of them, but I do not have time at, at all to do it. Even with, like, four years, you don't have time to get fully exposed to everything that every uh, project has to offer, which yeah. is, like, very... Mind-blowing? It's a little a little sad, honestly, when you think about it, because you really want to, like, like, for example... Being on on APOP, like that'd be cool for someone that has thermofluid science interests or that is really into propulsion. But as well, if we look at like Hale and the liquid engine team and everything, looking at liquid engine rocket propulsion, you know, you kind of have to make a decision. Like, do you want to be more of a, a jet propulsion guy or a rocket propulsion guy? Because yeah, you could dip a little bit for one year, but you wouldn't learn as much as if you stayed all your years there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I still want to get involved more into the the hail stuff that they have going on. A lot of that seems really cool. Yeah, actually, we hope to get on uh, hail next week. Yeah, I got a lot of questions to ask. We're getting three members this time. Right? I know, a bit of a spoiler. Oh, was I not supposed Can to? Can you say not that? hear anything, Nathaniel? No, I can't. Oh, okay. Hang on. Maybe you got unplugged. But let's continue. No, that's not a spoiler. Like we knew that we were going to get to hail eventually. I mean, if everyone's been paying attention, you should kind of know that we've been working our way down the list for uh, for each of the teams. So you should have known that uh, pretty soon we were going to get to hail. And actually, we're coming up to the end of our AIAA projects in general. So 
it is going to be very interesting getting to the end of the projects and then getting to maybe get into some interviews with some faculty, talk with some of the the higher ups at AIAA and so on and so forth. Did you hear back from NASA about doing a live podcast on site in Huntsville? We did, or yeah, from we, the we CDR, did. <clears throat> we saw that they said that we need to email to make sure that we are allowed to see I, all of the NASA personnel that we would like to. Yes, I believe Allison was going to double check with on-site personnel to see if it was it was okay. So um, I will be waiting till we hear back from her, and maybe I'll mention it in the FRR again. Uh, or like when we do our FRR presentation, and then that way we can get our uh, our homie Megan to help us out and get a whole podcast, a mobile podcasting studio down to Alabama. So <laughs> might have to get a, I might have to make Nathaniel download uh, DaVinci Resolve so he so I can edit the podcast on his computer. <laughs> oh yes, my computer. Yeah, or it's I my can computer just, for everything. Or I can just teach you how to play. <laughs> it's it. a well, nice maybe if computer. you closed some tabs <laughs> on your joke. computer. What? You don't think the million of tabs in Google plus okay. MATLAB plus Open Rocket? Okay. So let me make something distinctly and and distinctly clear and very clear to everyone else, okay? As engineers, I understand that we we multitask a lot of the time and we have a lot of things to do. So Google Chrome tabs, I can understand. Okay, I've got like 60 open at home, <laughs> but the caveat is as soon as I'm done and I know that I'm done using it, I'll close a tab. Bam, gone, right? Nathaniel probably has like 97 tabs open, and he doesn't close them. Yeah, because once I get done with a task, I use that same tab what for the new your, task. What happened to your old computer? Remind me. You know, it's chilling. It, it <laughs> blue screened. It's chilling. He gave up. Dark yeah, cold. It's chilling because it's blue because it's <laughs> exactly. blue screened. Because he was doing the same thing to it. He was abusing it. I think that was also because of Apex. <laughs> no, I think it's because you had 97 Google Chrome tabs. Yeah, and then open. I started playing Apex with all those on. I'm just saying, maybe that you should uh, maybe you should give your RAM a break. <laughs> I bet if you opened up Task Manager and clicked on your processes, I bet Google Chrome is taking like 100%, 107% of your RAM. Not even, it's like 200%. It's like taking RAM like wirelessly from your phone because you're using it all. <laughs> exactly. You know? I need an external RAM device. You know what I, you know why I mentioned this is because I have a lot of t- Chrome tabs open as well, and but I group them. I say, this is for USLI, this is for Capstone, like this God. is for my, you know, mechanical engineering methods. I don't like, ever I have them. more than like 10. What are you guys doing? Too much, Kyle. <laughs> I have three monitors too. Each of them probably has like well, I 20 use my laptop. if I had three monitors. I don't want to. You have like 300 <laughs> tabs open. Hey, hey, can you check your email? It's somewhere. <laughs> you couldn't even cool your computer with a boys Einstein condensate. <laughs> Like your computer would be like you'd it'd be on fire and you'd have to like constantly have sprinklers going. In That's your, the real in your fire room. hazard to Alabama. Yeah, exactly. Br- yeah, my lord. But uh, back to the propulsion. Actually, <laughs> back to the propulsion. <laughs> actually, for our rocket, I was thinking about getting a boat tail. If you want to look up what a boat tail is on sure. high power model rocketry, it's all for uh, effects from the research that well, I looked at. Explain up, what is a boat tail. It's. Really Literally a nozzle, pretty much. <laughs> like that? Yep. Does it actually provide more thrust? Oh, it's like a choke. Nope. <laughs> so why would we add? So it's not a, a, oh, a it's choke just enough. to make it's it look cooler. It's just so the back end doesn't look like a flat cutoff, and it, instead it kind of just forms. But won't that affect our stability, brother? 
Wait, you don't like that answer? You don't like that question? That is a good question. Yeah. Because it would add weight to the back yes, end. Yes, it would lower our stability. Yeah. Nathaniel's now having like an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> I, see his, I see his forehead brow growing slowly in length as the caveman comes back out. But if you're choking up on the... The what happens when you choke up on I don't think the... it's I don't think it's choking. No, because your engine is literally right. It's here the, the same there. diameter well, as then the Then why not tube. just choke up? Because that might have unintended consequences. Like create like what make it go like faster? A... <laughs> yeah, choking the thrust to well yeah, it might it might like screw with the stability. Launch so, the motor out the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Launch the motor out the other way. It would make top. it go faster. It would make this it go fat, but remember Bernoulli's. Yeah, you can raise the horsepower of the engine, but if you remove the tires, it's not going to drive very well. There's no fluid dynamics, JJ. You know it. There's fluid Gosh. dynamics in driving. We all know it. We just talked to GFR. Also, shout out to GFR for their help today for our aerodynamics class. to their cars. Yeah, they got aerodynamics. We can't. Ugh. We should not modify the rocket anymore. Design freeze. Remember? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Because you're like mm, boat tail. <laughs> I, I was back during the proposal. You didn't mention that to me. Yeah, I know. Why? Why would I mention it to you? Because I'm team captain. We could have got something going. <laughs> With the boat tail? Yeah. We could have worked it did, into the Did you the actually design. want a boat tail for the rocket? I mean, it does look cool. Yeah, it does look cool. Yeah, but that's I mean, like, what there's I'm no, no actual beneficial effect. It's but we should do it like that. Aesthetics. I mean, that does look really cool. Yeah, see? We should have done it like that. I mean, we're over-engineering er- everything anyway. <clears throat> yeah, that looks like a familiar so, yeah, like... pattern. <laughs> it does look cool. Um, it, it looks cool. And shout-out to Gary for also mentioning our mentor, Gary. Shout-out to Gary Leach. Uh, Gary uh, is constantly telling us that we are over-engineering our rocket in a good way. But he's just like, you know... You guys do you. I'm an electrical engineer, but uh, this is this is beautiful. However, <laughs> you guys are over engineering it. And we go. You know what? Why not? This so is going to be the most overbuilt we're, rocket. We, we are in the this, USLI. We are in this deep already. You know <laughs> what did uh, what is our name of our rocket going to be? Overkill. Is that confirmed? No, that's just my. No one else <laughs> has proposed a name, so I say overkill. Mm, I don't know. Maybe we should. Hold a vote. Well, no, I, I'm not just deciding the name of it. I'm not. Are you a di- sure? Not a dictator. Mr. Team captain. Team dictator. <laughs> Team captain. No, I'm just saying that's my like vote is overkill. Well, honestly, I can't think of a better one. Right well, yeah, now, I was so. gonna say, cause that, it's just like that's like our legacy at this point. It's like we put a fiberglass and aluminum coupler in a subscale rocket that went and went ballistic into the ground. Could call it the last blast. Huh? The last blast. Because it's going to be the, after that launch, <laughs> it's the last time we're all going to be together. And then we all split oh, Don't ways. say it like that. That'll that's why me, it's the last blast. It's like a memento, you know? That's going to make me sad. Well, don't say that. You, James, and I are heading down to Arizona. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be what right away for me. Yeah, but, but you'll yeah. You get there eventually. I mean, and like, Nathaniel, I, where are you going? Yeah, to be out. determined. Yeah, to be determined. I, I'm probably always going to have family here, so, like, I'm not, I, I love Oregon, so I'm probably never going to go far from it. You know, mm-hmm. no matter what, like I'll always be coming back. Yeah, like I got family here too, so it's true. But like last, you know, last, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, if you I got any that. ideas, email them to me. <laughs> Please. H A N N A N at Oregon State. Did I get it right? Uh, what'd you say again? H A N N A N 
H-A-N-N-A-N-N-A. Oh, I messed it up. At OregonState.edu. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes. Email all your names. And, and send a photo of yourself, too, with the name written on a piece of paper so that we know that it's a serious inquiry. And we'll slap it on the rocket. Yeah, and also also mail a, a check with $10 to it, too. What's your address, Nathaniel? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it, the Huntsville launch is coming up quicker than I ever thought it would, you know? Because back in last summer, it seemed so far away. Mentally, I'm still in, like, week two, man. <laughs> I know. It's week five. Going on week six. Yeah, we're going to be going to week six soon. Oh, man. Yeah, because tomorrow's the last day of week five. Literally, when this term is over, we got, like, less than three weeks till the launch. Ooh, oh, don't, don't say that. Spring break. <laughs> You're scaring me. Oh, well, I, I'm more scared. I mean, I got I got the move. Yeah, you've got a lot on your plate. Ugh. How are you feeling about all that? I mean, it's not my first move, but it's, uh, like, I had a virtual quote uh, for allied movers or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm basically walking around my house showing them yeah. all the things I need to move. And, I'm like, no, don't mind the mess. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is my cat. He's yelling at you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, he's asking why I'm acting crazy. Um, but I got that actual like physical quote later today and they're like eight and a half and i'm like <laughs> not eight and a half dollars right eight and a half thousand yeah. dollars have we mentioned why you're moving <laughs> i'm not even sure i'm allowed to say honestly oh really so oh. we'll just we can just say that I gotta, school does work and that kyle is being hired by an aerospace company out of school yeah and another one of our members is being hired by the same company out of school and they're moving down to uh arizona Mm-hmm. So congrats. Yeah. So golf clap with those people. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's snap, fun. Snap. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't going to say the name if you didn't want to, but I no, figured like I'm, I'm all for being proud and loud about it. I'm just not sure I'm, if I can. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it'll affect NDA, things later yeah, on. Understandably. Um, just know it's cold and I'm excited about yeah, it. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shooting, I, I'm shooting for NASA. <laughs> hire me, please. I'm going to be submitting my internship application soon. I mean, I have been submitting them all along. You know, it, it's always something that always something that people say is, uh, you know, you're never going to get accepted without being denied. Right? I've, I'm sure I've been. Well, like, NASA these days won't just send you, like, an outright, like, denial letter. But they just, like, won't say anything back unless you're doing pathways and say, like, oh, you were not referred for this mm. job. But uh, you never know how many failures it takes to finally succeed. So if you're getting discouraged that you're not getting, like, an internship at NASA or, like, any other job that you want, even if you're not engineering, keep trying because, you know, eventually, eventually you're so you're going to snag someone's eye, right? I mean, at this point, it's a numbers game. Like, I told you about the sales thing. Like, yeah. off, a little off topic, I'm calling all the high schools trying to get a STEM, STEM outreach yeah. meet. Oh, STEM, yeah. STEM engagement. But, you know, every. Nine out of ten, they're going to say no. I was going to say, if 1% Mm -hmm. says that they'll do it, then you just got to call 100 people. Yeah, and then eventually it'll it'll happen. And then when you get that experience, you'll be a better prospect. Yeah. So maybe it'll be uh, two out of ten that'll Mm -hmm. say yes next time. Even any, any, like, 
If you feel like you don't have enough experience, I'm getting like philosophical now. <laughs> Four score and seven years ago. If you feel like you, you don't have enough experience, like any job that you've had or like any sort of like in school position or extracurricular activity, you can swing that pretty heavily because everything is experience. I'm using stuff now that <laughs> I'm using like a lot of skills now building the rocket and stuff that I used helping my dad on cars when I was younger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all of my like my skills with tools. Nathaniel knows of my famous schools for improvisa- improvisation. <laughs> or my, the, the guesstimation. Oh, yeah, my powers of Literally guesstimation. any time we need a guesstimation, JJ's the man. Like, I cannot uh, tell you how many times I'm like, nah, that's not going to be right. And literally he's a fraction of a fraction yeah. off from the calculated measure. You really do have a good eye on it. We were like, cutting the, uh, the fins, right? And he takes it out and goes, hmm. And it just does it. And I'm like, what the? Yeah, what? I, did, I, did, I did realize that after when <laughs> yeah, I was There was no, like, other measuring device yeah. or anything. You kind of looked at it and goes. I was just kind of hmm. eyeballing it, and I was just, like, steady-handed it's, it. It's ridiculous. And then like, I put it like, in, and I was like, that's perfect. You're like a computer almost for uh, guesstimations. Ah, oh, I, I miss being able to do that. I got a stigmatism in this eye anymore, and I can't. Yeah. I just can't do it. If I do it this way, but then I don't have no depth perception. I would, I would say my guess, to, I don't even know when that started for me, but it's like, I think my dad also kind of has that ability. But like the, I call it Estacada Engineering, which is like, you know, because I'm from a, a very rural town. I just kind of learned to, to start using things that probably shouldn't be used that way. Just like using. But it works. It started off probably using like a, you know, like a wrench as like a hammer. <laughs> but it and, works. And then it evolved from there. Yeah, it does work. It may look stupid, but yeah, it works. But it works. Exactly. <laughs> Like we us making, did we ever mention our uh, our vacuum tube that we made? I don't I don't know if we ever mentioned how that. I how I was just it a vacuum like, tube or I, vacuum chamber? The vac I guess it's a vacuum a chamber. chamber. How I just grabbed tube. I grabbed like a zip zip tie container and I just started taping it and the thing was like what are you doing? I'm like we're making a vacuum chamber, <laughs> and so then uh, we just cut the zip tie tube and then we took like the top of like almost like a ketchup bottle. I stuck it in the bottom. I taped around it, yep. and then we put it on a thing shop of shop vac. Yeah, and we put a shop vac into it and put it on top of a thing of duct tape, and it lowered the pressure by like. 10,000 p- uh, pascals. And well, I was like, first Perfect. we like, taped it to the table and they were like, this, why isn't it working? And then you're just like... I was like, we need more suction. I was yeah, like, we need a better seal. Duct tape, put the tube on top and then duct tape the duct tape to the yeah. table. And it, I was like, we need a better seal. And it worked. Yeah. And that that was a... It was a, it, it was a fun day. That was also the day that God of War Ragnarok came out. I just remember that. <laughs> I remember that. You're like, I just want to go home and do this. And I'm like, and you're like, go home. And I'm like, no, I got to work. <laughs> engineering, boys and girls. Yeah. That, that's kind of the engineering that I enjoy most, though, is like, I mean, engineering is all about solving problems that you don't have the answer to in like a myriad of ways. But one of my favorites is probably doing it in an unconventional way. Mm-hmm. Because it's like making your own path. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, because I never intend to do it like, the unconventional way. I'm usually like, oh, I should probably do this. I'm like, hmm, wait a minute. Perhaps I can do it like this, you know? I don't know. It's fun. I enjoy it. That's why I like engineering, is engineering is all about creativity. Well, it's all about, you know, mathematics and physics, but in my mind, it's all about creativity. It's kind of like what I say. If I could, if I was an employer, I'd want a James in my pocket <laughs> and a JJ in my pocket. Yeah. It's JJ's. Anything like hands-on, physical guesstimation, all that. James got all the numbers and everything ready and set for you. The, yeah, the the books. He's got all the book smarts. I have the <laughs> practicality. 
But that's uh, that's what you kind of need, right? You kind of need a good balance of both. The deadly duo. The deadly, yeah, the deadly duo. The DD instead of the JJ. Well, I mean, even, <laughs> maybe actually even just the JJ. Because, I mean, in our quizzes for 4.30, uh-huh. you're just like, oh, I just looked at this, I did that, that, done. <laughs> it's I'm oversimplifying it. I'm just like saying it like mentally how my brain understands it. I'm like, mm, this, 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 and this goes this. And then I'm like, okay, I'm all done. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, it's like I have this I have this distinct ability. I mentioned it to you. Well, it's like, okay, so for reference, we had a, an exam recently in, in aerospace engineering. Mm-hmm. And literally like all of the team, except for like one of us is in the class. And everyone was like stressing out about it, like getting their note sheets like super up to spec. And I come in, I'm like, mm. You know, you know, whatever, right? Like, why worry about it? And I come in, and I have, like, not nearly filled out of a paper. Okay, some people have, like, written. Like, they, imagine, like, oh, you have dipped. Seen, have you seen Isaacs? Yeah. As I say, imagine if you just <laughs> took a white piece of paper and just dropped it in a vat of black ink. Like, there's, like, no space between, like, where people are, like, looking at a magnifying glass to read all their, you know, all their equations. And I just, like, scribble down, like, maybe, like, seven or eight things on the front and back and I go into the exam I do it I haven't been stressing out about the exam before or even after I was like I think I did fine why worry okay yeah it's true honestly I only use like four equations yeah it's like I wrote down everything I needed like I just have this nice it, it doesn't always work for me it's like certain topics it works certain it doesn't like this kind of stuff like engineering it's like I can just like yeah. Well, have a lot of the stuff really is also need to kind worry. of intuitive. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't need to worry about this, right? You know, because it's all about planes and aerospace, planes, and trains, and automobiles. Pretty much. I mean, like that stuff is not going to change. It's no. not like you're, you know, calculate the nuclear physics or yeah, <laughs> I was going to say the, the activation quantum, energy, quantum quantum mechanics. At least it's not rocket science. At least it's yeah, not rocket yeah, science. Yeah. yeah, at least it's not rocket science. And then we've been in this so long like you're going on year five year six oh yeah this will be me too and eventually yeah, you just six. like me eh, sounds right <laughs> wait yeah or this just doesn't sound right this will be year if i were to go till fall it'll be year seven yeah super 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 and you're still looking for grad school i can't know yeah remember kids uh if you're as big of a failure as i am <laughs> you can still be successful <laughs> NASA got me once. They've been trying to get me again, but you know, it, it's like school. You can be a school as long as you want, as long as you know what you want to do. Then just take your time and do it. it took me a while. To f- well, it didn't take me that long to figure it out, but it took me about two two and a half years. And you know, I'm just working my way through it. I'm almost done now. I might even take a you know one class. I might graduate, kind of like Sam mentioned, how he has one class next term. I've still got to take 16 credits next term, but I'm trying to apply for a bunch of NASA internships. Mm-hmm. So I might just save that one elective class that I have to do and just save that till fall so that I can do internships over the summer. I mean, I could in- indefinitely delay it if I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. But you want to be the USLI mentor? Yeah, I mean, honestly, next year I, I could be because other than like payload, I've worked with each of the sub teams like very closely. Payload mm-hmm. is one that I haven't had a chance to because you guys are pretty self-sufficient. And, well, like, doesn't Arrow, Arrow doesn't really work with you guys that much. Yeah, it doesn't need a whole lot, honestly. I and Isaac and Ian are so productive where every once in a while I'll just walk up and do, a like, a reality check. Be like, yeah, no, this is too complicated. And they'll be like, what? You're like, I'm the, t- <laughs> you're like, I'm the tank guy, I know. I'm the tank guy, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sub it down. Well, it's also, like, uh... uh Man, what was I going to say? I forgot. Oh, we, we made you an honorary Arrow Recovering Proportion yeah. member. 
Well, that's because I was pissed at you because we spent like two hours trying to put the Listen, <laughs> uh, Avionics paid together for see, the Black that, Matter testing. That's another one where it's like I had literally no trouble doing that. I, I could do it like probably blindfolded with that's the old one. because you helped design it. You know, if like you get hit by a truck or something or you get food poisoning <laughs> on the way, you know, and it, like everybody who designed it just like couldn't I, make it to Alabama. I like, I like Dunning Kruger my myself once I understand it. I'm like, oh, this is easy. I can just do this anytime. Yeah, no, it took Nathaniel and I like two hours to like put it together, and we're like safe crackers because we're add trying. The spacers. We did, but you didn't don't. add them good enough. It sounds like <laughs> we don't have your Estacada. <laughs> good enough. My Estacada estimation. <laughs> I guess that's what oh. it is. Estacada estimation. Estacada engineering. But even you were said you were happy about the new one. Oh yeah, that new one is. Uh, when I when I was designing it, I was like sending like like the the one that I the version one that I or I guess version two, version one was the one that we had on the subscale, version two was the one that I sent to you with the big pole in the middle, and then version three was after I talked with Ryan for what he could do, and for what we wanted for it, I was like all right I'm just gonna stay up till I'm done with this, and I did, and that's when I sent it over to you, and you were like yeah that I looks good. I remember that because in the Discord you're like not me being up working on the AV bin. I'm like what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's trying to tell me what to do, and I'm like, you can't. You can't. No, I do said that. I approve. <laughs> well, yeah, because you said I'll allow it. I said, why are you up then? I think. Yeah, and then I don't think I responded. Yeah, yeah all sleep schedules are really bad. <laughs> but my my work paid off, obviously, because that AV bay is probably. It's nice. It's, it's yeah. It's sleek. It's, it's professional. Super super. Like I Gary really said, like it's those rocker switches. The, oh yeah, so we, we haven't even talked about that. So. This is just becoming like well, a pop. Should we talk about it, or should we wait a little bit? Until well, like we can describe it, but we, we don't have to. Maybe, maybe to we can brag about it when we interview Hale. No, we get close Hale's, to the Hale's going to be like, oh, well, we're going to go to like four hundred thousand feet. You well, know? that that means we got to flex on our avionics bay. Well, that's an interview with them, though, right? You, like <laughs> my my interview already went went by the first episode. Remember? Yeah, but we're going to do another one. You're gonna do another one? We got to for me. The end of the competition. Oh yeah. boy. Okay. So, after after Alabama, true. we're all gonna you know. Talk I guess to that's each true. Other I want to do it in Alabama. Should we do, do the whole Alabama? team too? Do yeah. like a three that's hour. I want to. That's part of. I, we'll talk about it after the show, but I have ideas for. You're that. like flabbergasted over there. You're like. <laughs> well, no, it's like I have. I, I want to <laughs> talk about it, but I have ideas that I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Okay. Oh, I see. I see. You know, there's people listening. <laughs> they'll take my hopefully, idea hopefully on Spotify Apple Music and uh, anywhere you listen to your podcasts remember people look up at least it's not rocket science podcast not just least it's not rocket science at least it's not rocket science because yeah. apparently if you just type in it's not rocket science or something yeah it comes up as a quote we are at least no, it's not there's rocket another science. podcast overseas didn't we talk about this no. one time I don't think there is um, no look it up because um, of my fiance uh, no, don't hi Grace um, <laughs> don't look it up. Uh, don't look up theirs. Look up ours. Yeah, look up ours. Uh-huh. We're, we're school sponsored. And she couldn't find it because she kept running into the wrong ones. And I'm like, no, you have to do no, at no, least. No, it's not right. this. Yeah. yeah. No, shout out to them. They have a good name. But ours is better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what theirs is about, honestly. I, I don't listen. Uh, maybe we should. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe if they listen to ours, we'll listen to theirs. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> so send me an email at h a n n a n n a. I was gonna say you're forgetting two two letters there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, U.S. a lot. Like I won't mention it too too much, but this we have 
mechanical switches on ours instead of like key switches that you turn with a screwdriver to turn on our avionics. And the switches that we have in there now to turn on the avionics, I designed the the our Telemega and Easy Mega board around having those switches installed. And they're not even glued. They're not even screwed in. It's just a press fit in there, and they fit phenomenally. And I was like, when I when I saw them fit perfectly, I was like, yes. I, was like, I thought this. they were like glued in or something. No, they're not even glued. Those, they like sleek against they the board are perfect. too. It's, yeah, and I got all of the right extender cables too. Like I told you my trick for actually getting the connections going, yeah. how I was like splicing cables and I was like electrical taping them. And it all it looks great and it works great and it does its job. <laughs> you know we're engineers because we're like, oh boy, oh man, yeah. look no, at that. If I if I could get an infinite supply of electrical tape, I would be super happy. That's like my favorite tool is electrical tape. I'll get you uh, electrical tape for your birthday. It's even better than duct tape. I'm gonna say it. I said it. Electrical tape is better than duct tape. Is it waterproof? Yeah. Really? It's better. Yeah. I've just I'm, I'm, electrical tape meant to be for like insulation. Yeah, you know that's mm. facts for you. To protect the wire from moisture and things. Yeah, electrical tape is better than duct tape. Don't at me, and if you do at me, at me at H A N. Well, well, yeah. isn't it isn't it C O L T? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, that is, that's that email doesn't exist. Oh, uh, you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, that kind of brings me to you know what we were doing earlier because we were. For those listening, we were finally doing our fin fiberglass layups. Yeah. And you guys seemed like you guys were worried about it, like when we showed up, because we kind of had a, a working bee, the whole, all hands on deck, where we're kind of doing it. And I was showing you and James and everybody, and Ryan, everybody was there, uh, how to do the fiberglass layups. And then someone said, one of you guys said, oh, it's basically paper mache, and then Everything, everything was fine. <laughs> I don't remember. It wasn't me. I wasn't worried about it. I was just like sitting there like, okay. Like, what can I do is, now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. How can I help? But it seemed like it seemed it seemed more simple than I had imagined it. Yeah, I'm, that might be what you said. Yeah, the, no, the nose cone was another one where it was also more simple than I envisioned because mm-hmm. I didn't understand what we were doing for it before. With the whole plug and then, thing. And yeah, and then that. now I'm like, okay, because I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, now I, now I, this is easy to understand with our push pop nose cone. Yeah. Cause when we were like, oh yeah, we're doing the fiberglass, fiberglass manufacturing, we're doing the layups, uh, yeah, calculating didn't... resin times, things. And it's really not that hard. Remember it's... what I said to structures is I was like, you guys do what you need to do. <laughs> I, I said the same thing to you. I was like, whatever you think is the best reason to do something, then we'll do it. Well, I have a point with this. It's. You, you think of all these, you know, high-tech, important things, and it's more intuitive than you'd think. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to segue into one of my podcast ideas. Ooh, look at this guy. Ooh, I got my list. <laughs> the uh, list. <laughs> the list. One of the things I wanted to talk about was old or ancient engineering techniques. Mm. And, like, recently they fig- figured out how to remanufacture Roman concrete. I don't know if you heard. Oh, like that they made the aqueducts out of and such? Yeah, so those things that are still standing still after standing. thousands of years. Yeah, what's the recipe? Like um, I actually can't remember. Flour, bread. To the Google. Flour, <laughs> bread, water, yeast, some wine perhaps. And also like the 430, those Ruth tables. 
They've been around since 1877 or something like that. What? 150 years, exactly. Yeah. Opus. Also called Opus. Opus. It's probably Cementium. Because cement probably came from this Latin word, yeah, Cementium. Probably. Only it's spelled with an A. Stinky. <laughs> anyway, but there's all these old uh, construction techniques that people are just now starting to figure it out, you know, or rediscover it. You know, after the Dark Ages, we lost a lot of intellectual knowledge and things like that. But what does it say? Quickline? Where he uses binders? Lime class. Volcanic dust. Considered a sign of poor aggregation. Reacts with water sweeping the tracks. But basically, it reseals itself when water hits it. That's cool. So it's like self-healing with moisture. And it... With concrete, it actually gets harder and stronger as time goes on. So if you, it's just it goes to show you how <clears throat> how simple some things can be. Like especially in modern day technology, we think we understand everything. Far from the truth. Sometimes we really don't. Like my like, fiance is really fond of those ancient alien shows. Like she like goes, <laughs> "Hey, they're so excited! Aliens, Look. ancient aliens, and... ancient astronaut theorists believe." <laughs> yeah, and everyone, the pyramids always get me. They're like, "Look at this! Look at it! Aliens, Look, aliens and did then this!" I was that was another one I was gonna bring up. Is like they just rolled they rolled the stones on logs and stuff. Like they mm-hmm. made ramps. Like they just built it up. Well, I always thought it was kind of funny because well, if you get an engineer or someone who special or who's in like the trades or a mason or anything like that. They're like, oh yeah, they probably just did this. Mm-hmm. Very simple. And all these archaeologists are like, no. Well, also then they're, they're like, but they, do they have the technology to do this? Do they have the manpower at the time? Because there's like a lot of factors that go into mm-hmm. it, you know? Because like the physics are, you know, most of our physics derive from like Greek philosophers and like, like Pi, for example. Yeah. Or like, you know, Pythagoras mm-hmm. and uh, Archimedes, like the principles, you know, but him and his bathtub and the crown. One of my favorite instances of this happening was you know they found this tool in ancient egypt or not in ancient egypt but they dated it back to ancient egypt they couldn't figure out what it was and so they're trying to figure out this what what it was it's like this weirdly shaped tool no one knew what it was and they're trying to figure out what all all these things were were doing and someone just happened to go across go across it that just was into brewery mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and they're like oh yeah it was for such and such. i can't remember the this top looks of like this tool yeah it looks like this tool it's for you know something yeast scraping some gunk out of the yeah, yeast for, tank or something totally just benign yeah you know and they're like what no yeah <laughs> or things like that and there was a show or them trying to figure out how they got the obelisks out of all these things mm-hmm. and uh, they were, you know, trying to prove that it was aliens or something like that. And I found it was ridiculous. And I, you know what, how would I do it? And I looked it up and th- there was, I found a video of this guy. He had brass nails, like not steel nails, not iron nails. He just had brass nails and a wooden mallet. <laughs> and because this is limestone, remember? Uh-huh. And he chipped away one, got it snug, and then he didn't. And planted another one like six inches above it. Mm-hmm. Then he went up another six inches and planted another one. Mm-hmm. And then he just kept hammering all the way down and split this giant boulder in I've half. I've seen videos of people and doing that. Like they do it all the time with like iron stuff now. Yeah. But like, oh, I think I know what we're talking about. Yeah, because yeah. well, then yeah, and they can get it really precise the more skilled they are. Because they're, I've seen videos of skilled tradesmen with like a hammer. 
and they're smacking a rock, and then all of a sudden this nice tile pops out. And I'm like, it's like the SpongeBob meme where he's like he's like chiseling, oh, and yeah, then it turns out like the in the statue of David. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's it's crazy because all actually I'm kind of insulted when people go, <laughs> yeah. You, you, people like you couldn't have done this. It's like, well, yeah, because I probably would have been dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I... just into, a lot of these are these construction methods and things like that. All it is is applying leverage in the right point. Yeah. And I think you and I, if we were like, yeah. <laughs> could, figure, could figure that out. Yeah. Um, we're well, like, well, how do we get this to this? Egypt is a great example for a lot of this technology, too, because there's a famous one. Uh, maybe you guys have heard of this called the Baghdad Battery, mm-hmm. and they found this in uh, either in a, uh, an Egyptian tomb of some sort, or they found it like in a burial site or whatever. But they found that it was made; it was like a jar, but it was made out of like a weird material. And it turns out that um, they were mixing like a mixture of like I, I don't remember exactly, but they're mixing mixing a, a mixture of a bunch of stuff, and essentially it created a small electrical charge. Because you can see in hieroglyphs on the inside of part of, like, Egyptian, like, uh, like tombs and stuff, like, all of the hieroglyphs, it shows something that looks like, like a flashlight or, like, a light bulb almost. This is one in Ancient Aliens. <laughs> but it's, like, uh, but it's like this Baghdad battery, which is what they call it. Mm-hmm. They're, like, oh, this, this creates enough electric charge to probably power, like, a really low wattage bulb. Because you can only carry it, you know. If you go into, like, the, the pyramid tombs, for example, if you have a torch, like, it would scorch the walls with, like, smoke and ash and all that. And, like, you'd suffocate eventually. But if you had, like, a, you know, an emissionless light source, then that problem wouldn't really exist. Mm. And so that's where they're like, okay, so they may have had a way. Because, like, they, they've talked about, like, mirrors. Mm-hmm. Like, I think in The Mummy, the movie The Mummy, they, talk, they, like, show the mirrors, like, bouncing in and out of, like, the temple to get light. That wouldn't work. Because there's always, like, something lost. You can't have something that's, like, perfectly reflective, mm-hmm. especially with, like, a brass mirror. Because they, they could have also had candles. They'd, well, that would still cause, like, the ash and all that from the, the wick burning. But you know what I mean, though. Yeah. It's, like, the, it's like on a large – if you're trying to, like – especially in a pyramid with, like, that amount of space, like, a candle well, probably wouldn't Also, much. a pyramid is it's a tomb. It's not meant to as it's not like yeah a I know you gotta you gotta load up the pharaoh you know your dog you gotta load him up after <laughs> he gets mummified after they pull out his like spleen and stuff and put it in a jar send him <laughs> off to the afterlife you gotta make sure you get your homie in there right you say peace I'll see you see you next to raw <laughs> on the boat down to I don't remember go to go see Osiris and the Anubis I used to it, you know my mythology it also extends somewhat to Egyptian mythology but oh. yeah. It, the the ancient technology is super cool. Stonehenge is another one. How do they get these? How do they get it from leverage. this quarry? Leverage. All yeah, leverage is you know, leverage you can and, and yeah. rolling logs. Mm-hmm. You can derail a train with a piece of iron no bigger than a brick. Yeah, that's what they do. They have these tools. All it is is a piece of steel with a lever on it. Yeah, and that's how they move the, some of these train tracks. Yeah, the power of leverage. You know? Leverage. Leverage. Saying it like James Ler- or Ernest Lawrence <laughs> Chaplin III. What, what, Nathaniel? He's listening to all these facts and logic? Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> My papa once told me a story about uh, how he put, this is this is not STEM related at all, but it's interesting, uh, how he once put a penny on uh, on a train track as the train mm-hmm. was going by, and the buddy he was with, the penny shot up and bounced <laughs> off his forehead, and it like created like a huge gash in his head. 
And th- this is back in like the you know like the the late thirties and forties, probably like the late forties. I think he was born in thirty nine. But I just that just reminded me is like a, a penny. You know, a penny can. I mean, you stack a few pennies on there. I'm sure it might not do some nice things to that train. But uh, it's you know it's still amazing that we still use trains quite a bit. Technology like that's it's enough. Efficient. It's like that, but that's like a big part of it. Like trains were invented, you know what the late or. Uh, yeah, like the late 18th century. 18th century, yeah, and we're still using it to this day to move massive amounts of cargo. You know, like well, we use semi trucks yeah. too. Like that's like the lifeblood of like America. We have too many semi trucks. Go back to trains. It's, it's so hard. To, <laughs> I drive. So I drive on the five all the time, and there's always a ton of semi trucks. I five, the five. I can tell you're not from Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> all my friends that live in uh, L.A. They call it the five. And I'm like, mm. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know you're not from Oregon. <laughs> the five, I see how it is. What do you, what do you call it? I five, I five. Yeah, I just say I five. Oh, okay, I didn't or know you, that. You get the, you get the one guy who goes, you know, get on Interstate five, and you're like, what did you call Interstate? it? Interstate, <laughs> what you call it? <laughs> yeah, what did you say? <laughs> where are you from? Yeah, where, yeah. Like, are you from Canada? <laughs> you're not from around here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Road, or you okay? I'm, I don't think I've talked about this before, but like roads, roads are the only that width because of Romans. Yeah. Okay. I think we may have, I, even we may that have talked about that. How? But it's amazing how it's even like space shuttles are based off of horses. Yeah, it's like it's like we haven't adapted much. We've been we've been using the same stuff for so long. Because if it works, it works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it, technology that we've discovered so long ago that we're just reusing. We're just finding, like, quicker ways to do it now, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. the same thing, but faster. So, like, bricks. We have technology yeah, that makes – used to make them by hand. Now we have, like, a machine that makes them. Yeah, so. I was actually reading this article about old forging techniques mm-hmm. and, like, how they made tools. So, like, hey, you know, there was an argument post that – Making these fires consistently that's so hot that were so difficult that you know no one would do it. Mm-hmm. And they took this to like a professional blacksmith. You know what he did? What? He took this little piece of wrought iron, you know, this wrought iron rod about six inches, and he just started smacking it on the anvil. And it, on its own, just from the kinetic energy of him smacking on it, it went glowing red hot. And he put that in into the coals and it caught fire. Wait, really? Yeah. Just from him smacking it? Just him smacking it because it was wrought iron. Uh-huh. And when iron deforms, it heat. heats up. Yeah. And if you keep doing it, it's going to get heat. So he just kept smacking so it. So he just kept smacking it, but he smacked it hard. He just kept angry he must at have it. He been doing like high frequency too, like bam, bam, yeah, bam, you, bam. But it, it wasn't that much. It Blacksmith was like, for It life. was like 10, 20, you know, Wax. smacks. And then he had this glowing red hot tip. And then he stuck it in his, for, his coal forge and it... And it went, and I'm like, that's, they had all of those tools. There was no high-check thing there. Yeah. It was this, it, this was an anvil from, like, the 17th century. <laughs> everything, everything starts from crab. <laughs> and everything will end with crab. Remember that. So, it, light bulbs, for a perfect example. Because that's just incandescence, what you're discussing. Like, kinetic, it's incandescence from kinetic energy mm-hmm. deformation from the iron, right? Yeah. Light bulbs. Not LEDs; those are different. Old light bulbs, 
that's just like a tungsten filament heating up and emitting light. And tungsten, because it has such a high melting point, it doesn't really deform much when it gets heated. Mm-hmm. But that's why light bulbs, after a long time, they but they get, get this. If you have something that's you don't need a tungsten rod, you just need it to be in a vacuum. Yeah. And if you have a consistent flow, see what makes light bulbs go out is the on and off. Yeah. So there's like the oldest light bulb. In New York, in right? New York, it's like 103 right? years old. But that's because no one turns it off. It's been on this whole time. Because there's no heat. Uh, what's that word? Where it expands and contracts. Oh, fluctuation? Yeah, thermal fluctuations. Mm-hmm. Because when you run, you turn it on, it's when you get hot. And then when yeah. you turn it, you know, that thermal fluctuation causes batteries to die. Or not batteries, the light bulbs to yeah, die. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, at least like ye old. Ye olden battery. Ye olden. Ye olden Egyptian battery. My battery uh, light bulb. Light bulb, yeah. <laughs> ye olden Egyptian light, uh, light bulb. Because it's not going to burn because it's in the vacuum. You know, it can't yeah. oxidize. Yeah, the vacuum tube lights are always one that I forget about. I don't even know how vacuum tube. They used to do, like, vacuum tube stuff for, like, like uh, for, like, data. Cl- it's, like, the vacuum tubes used to be used for, like, recording numbers and stuff like that. I don't even know how vacuum tubes work. It, not, like, the I removal of it from it, but, you I know, just, how they used it for, like, computing. Yeah. I don't know how they did it, but... It's amazing. It was, it, it was common. my grandfather used to actually, he was one of the first people who debugged all these things. And when he mean debugged, he was We're literally removing the remo- bugs from the vacuum removing tubes. the bugs from yeah. vacuum tubes. I always and, love uh, old school like originals, like why they're called that, you know. Yeah, and uh, it, it was funny. I was talking to him about C plus plus a couple months ago. And he goes, you know, I used to do that. What? <laughs> the and I'm like, oh, you used to do like C plus plus when it was like invented. <laughs> like, yeah. that's that's actually when really he cool. was doing it. It was B plus <laughs> plus. And then um, on like a final note, because we're kind of running out of time. Oh, are we? Oh, careful. Let me just like, sorry. Kyle just punched a chair directly through the wall. No, I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at my watch. Well, it's like a perfect example of that is like because I mentioned computing. It's like if you look at computers. Well, like computers, you could just look at a person. That's a computer because for the – Exactly, well, you with me. the estimation, <laughs> like literally computer. But that's not like me doing I, – I, I guess in a way I'm doing like math, but it's not like – But it's like – I'm not doing it cognizantly. Like I'm doing not, stereo video. Yeah, hey, I'm, you know? I'm, Yeah, I'm, I'm like doing it sub- – <laughs> I guess I'm doing it subconsciously, <laughs> subconsciously, you know. But it's like you pointed at someone their computer because for like Apollo missions and all that they were the computer they you know they did all that stuff by hand. I remember seeing those pictures of like all the, the stack. Yeah, the stack of papers yeah. and just desks. And then like you get like you know say like ten years later and then like the computer is still like the size of this room and its head's like you know maybe like two kilobytes, three kilobytes. <laughs> you know, like yeah. something that like I can't even make an image that small now, or like barely. And then you get our phones. My phone holds like 64 gigabytes. That's more than the moon landing. Yeah, the, the moon landing had like two. <laughs> like all the calculations, all that, like less than like two kilobytes. And it's like we have computers now. Like my computer at home has has three terabytes, Jeez. which is like several orders of magnitude more than the kilobytes. You know what I mean? It's like we're doing the same stuff, but we're just doing it better and we're doing it well now smaller. I have a general question for both of y'all do you think that technol- the advancement of technology is going to be at an exponential rate are we going to continue exponentially or are we going to peter off do you want to answer first 
I think this is a good question because I actually think about this quite a bit. I think, like... Is there a limit to, like, what we can know and do for now? I don't think there's a limit at all. The thing that I think is how... How can I say this? I feel like we're, we already know the advancements in technology, but we're just not ready to expose all of it to the public yet. So we have to slowly expose it to the public. But we already know, like, technology that we're going to be seeing in 2040... Kind of like what we've we been saying is we've been doing the same stuff, just better. Yeah. So kind of goes into that performance versus practicality. So, yes, we can do all these things, but it's just not practical to do it. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I would say in that respect, I would kind of agree in that it's not going to go up exponentially. I don't think it'll slow down. I think it'll just constantly be sloping up. I mean, because... Well, it has been going exponentially. Well, and if you think about it, too, like... If you go really hard exponentially, it's going to be a really hard learning curve to learn the new tech as well. Yeah. So well, if you we're seeing that in our lifetime. Right. Th- think about it. When did the planes? Yeah, when was, did planes first bring, invent? And then look at the date from. It's like nineteen. The first flight I think. to 50, the moon landing. Fifty-eight years. That's like a generation. Mm-hmm. Someone has lived and died in that time. Yep. Yeah. One generation, and then you go back to the history of mankind. I mean, someone that was born. During the Civil War, could have seen that. Yeah, and they have. There's pictures. Yeah, it's. But it's. I mean, yes. It's like it. And then that's like that's like one thing is like flight. That's definitely like that's the curve on that. I wouldn't say it's exponential, but I would say it's definitely getting close. But I think that there's there's like a. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna relate this to a video game. We're we're, hit, <laughs> we're getting close to the max level, so we're getting diminishing returns now, right? Because it's like we have we have the knowledge that we have. And without advancing our technology to the next level, we can't understand the stuff that we don't know yet. So that's why it's like you get like it's almost like a step curve. Like you get like yeah. you go up like big. So it's like more than exponential. You're going like straight up. Counterpoint. Do we need to understand it to use it? Yes. Do we? Yes. We know what nuclear fusion is, but we can't use it. Not yet. Can a pilot build the plane? Hmm? You know what I mean? A lot of people, a lot of things that we do use, we don't understand fully. We need to understand it to use it. Remember when I made that well, joke about it being, oh, you just bend gravity to go faster than the speed of light. Yes, we know theoretically it's possible, so but we just need to understand how it's possible and how to do it. You know I was going to say, going back to the, the pilot doesn't build the plane, but he still flies it type of mm-hmm. ideology. But if you put the person that built the plane... Stop tapping the desk. Huh? <laughs> Don't tap the desk. Uh, if you put the the person that built the plane into the plane as the pilot seat they might know how to fly the plane more efficiently than the pilot. If they had the same piloting skill. Right, right. It mm-hmm. comes down to that training of the piloting skills and all that. But they might be like, oh, because I know that this design is meant for this, I could do this other thing that's not in the pilot handbook yeah. because I knew that I designed it. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like the quirk of the plane that you designed. Like, well, I'm sure someone from Apple knows more <laughs> about, like, the Apple iPhone and the secret the, little you, tidbits the that user. it has. Yeah. Well, another counterpoint, going more with low tech, you know, a lot of people didn't understand seasons and things like that, but they still used them. They just knew that it did. But they didn't really control that. No, they couldn't. Well, but, but that's but they point. still utilized. That's when they the, assumed this, it was natural thing, like exterior for like gods, you know, sacrifices, you know, all this other stuff that causes the seasons. They didn't know. As in fall, winter, spring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they don't. They didn't. They can't like control that. Like. They use it, yes. Well, like, okay, for example, like water. 
you know that you need to drink water. Mm-hmm. It's like a child knows they need to drink water. Do they know why? No, they just know they need to drink water. It's like you can still use – you can use what is, like, naturally there, but it's like if you handed a child, like – a microscope. <laughs> They're going to be like, I know that this is a microscope, but I have like no clue how to use it. You know, it's like we got to it's like we've got to learn how to use this technology that we're we're discovering and we've got to learn how to like train people to use it like you said Nathaniel. So that's why I think it's like a step curve. So it's like our technological advancement is like up, like straight up, like bam, like nuclear fusion like we discussed a few podcast episodes mm-hmm. back. But now it's like time. It's like gonna be like logarithmic now but we like, gotta get like it's everybody like time, on the same like page time 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 when you said time you sound like the altus metrum boost time <laughs> yeah exactly boost, boost yeah it's like time you know we have to face father time it's like okay money money time time it like materials and then finally it's like all right we can like make nuclear fusion for power and then it's like okay now we can shrink it like we're doing with computers mm-hmm. you know and then finally when it's shrunk then there's the next step up you know and then it kind of continues like that because flight, that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Okay. You know, people gliding. They, I think they knew how to glide before they could fly. Did they not? I don't, I don't, rem- I don't recall. That's a failed attempt. Well, yeah, I guess there's people like diving off the Eiffel Tower with like big cloth suits. But it's like. Splat. It's like powered flight. It's like you have flight. They finally got the flight. And then that was like, boom. And they're like, okay, we can do this. And then they had to, like, peter off for a little bit to figure out how to, like, actually, like, carry mass and, like, get, like, more, like, bigger, better powered flight, like, uh, airfoils and stuff like that. And then finally when they got all that down, boom, moon landing, you know. Then you could start to hit the the orbital mechanics. And then after we hit orbital mechanics, we started sending up stuff to Mars, Venus, so on and so forth. Do you think we'll be colonized another planet before we get these uh fusion this nuclear fusion down or other energy sources i don't think so do you think it's going to be fusion colonize mars and like that order or are we going to have some other technological advances in that timeline it's probably going to be the the fusion Mm -hmm. and then we're going to have to think of more efficient propulsion which Mm -hmm. is kind of what we're living through right now and then i want to say another vehicle that's going to take us all the way over there. And it's not going to just be like some small vehicle with like five people. We're thinking like a bus. Colony ship. Yeah, a colony mm-hmm. ship. But before we even get to the colony ship aspect, we're going to have to go back down one step. We have to think about like the fueling aspects or like the checkpoints, the little stops on the way up. Launching from the moon. That's why it's like right. a, it's like because fusion, you know, we have a lot of. We have a lot of things going on on Earth that is preventing us from just, like, skipping off to Mars, right? Like, we probably could do it now, but, like, it's not going to be... As, like, a united effort? Is it, like, a united effort and, like, as, like, a feasibility? Like, we we have a lot of things getting in the way of that because, like, how are you going to power it? Like, are people going to have enough food? Because you're going to have to constantly get them food because, you know, you can only regrow things in soil for so long. And we can't grow things in Martian soil. It's, like, eventually, like, there's going to be, like, a diminish for, like, eventually we might have to just, like, leave the people on Mars, you know? And, like, just, like, all right, fend for yourself. Won't last very long. But it's, like, uh, there's, like, a lot of things. And, like, powering their way there. It's, like, ensuring that the radiation they all face, like, being in a spacecraft for that long. You know, keeping their bones from becoming less dense from being zero G. Getting their heart from being less, you know, being able, because their hearts get weaker because they're in zero G. 
all this other stuff, it's like eventually like we have to we have to get over one hurdle before we can jump the next, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you 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 got to run one race before you can run the next. We're kind of going through that hurdle though, of like seeing the radiation exposure and everything. Because remember when we talked about the Artemis uh, mission and mm-hmm. how they have that uh, the super high tech dummy, yeah, yeah, the super high tech dummies that are gonna analyze the radiation that's gonna be exposed while you're going through the space travel. And, yeah. All the G's and everything, so we're we're kind of like living through it right now. Yeah, we're working on one. Like we're 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 living through one of those steps to the big picture. Yeah, it's like a map, like a ro- I mean, a roadmap. It's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to solve one. It's like we got to understand one problem, and then we got to move to the next. Because th- that kind of calls. And back. we also have to like once we understand the problem before we move to the next, we have to see if we can make it more efficient. Yeah, we also have to understand. We have to know that we understand that whole problem. Yeah, you know. It, asbestos they're like wow this is great at stopping fires lead turn yeah lead we'll put it in paint chips depleted uranium depleted uranium yeah this rock makes me glow in the dark i don't know why i mean they used to (laughs) they're like they're like uh, (laughs) that's why i'm very paranoid about everyone anyone going hey take this it's safe i swear yeah i'm like "Mm, are we sure put it in your shirt pocket (laughs) well that's like yeah radiation is the Perfect. You you just brought up the most perfect. This podcast is gonna go a little bit long, but you just brought up the most perfect example. Radiation might be one of the greatest examples of this that you can imagine, where we kind of need to understand it because yeah. we have had radioactive rocks since people could you know hit the ground with a, a pickaxe, right? Even since people could pick stuff up off the ground, like radiation is is everywhere, but like radioactive rocks, it's like. Okay, so a famous example is there's something called quack, or it's like uh, radioactive quackery, which happened like the magic men, like, you know, like, oh, snake oil salesmen, essentially. Oh, mm-hmm. But they're like, oh, just drink, or like, here, like here, put these, like, gloves on that got this, like, glow-in-the-dark rock, and, like, this this will give you, like, radiative power. Like, it will, like, cure your arthritis and stuff like that. Of course, it doesn't do that. It gives you cancer. <laughs> burned out my nerve endings. Yeah, it gives you cancer. <laughs> there's a famous example. I don't remember the name of the guy, but it's, like, I've seen images of it. It's horrific. But it's, like, one example is they used to put, like, water, and they would put, like, radium dust, which Ooh. radium, for those of you who don't know, is extremely radioactive. And uh, I don't remember the name of it. It was called, like, Radiol or something. But uh, he would he would drink one every day, and he was a golfer. He said, oh, yeah, it made me it made me feel like I was looser. And uh, Kind of like t- one of those, like, uh, like one of those, those, like, shots that they have of, like, ginger and yeah. orange. Like yeah. A little, something just- that has, like, no realistic scientific like support Mm -hmm. but i'll tell you what happened to him after the podcast but let's just say it was not good same thing with the radium girls they used to use glow in the dark well okay so radium glows in the dark so they would use radium paint on clocks to light up the hands Mm -hmm. and they would lick the brushes every time they would paint to like get a better like uh, line for it Mm -hmm. and again bad things happened to him and then like after World War II, we understood a lot more about what radiation did, and they were like, "Oh, this is this stuff is very not good. We should really, we should really learn more about this." And then, hence, you know, our entire understanding of radiation now. So, but anyway, we have to stop it there because we're we're a bit over time. But yeah, this is a this is a this is an intro. This is episode had steps and hurdles of its own. <laughs> we started yeah. off at A-pop and then we got to radiative, radioactive quackery, you know, the oh, evolving no. technology. At least it's not rocket science. <laughs> no, exactly. At least it's not rocket science. And this is a special shout out and thank you to our mentor, Gary Leach, and his wonderful mother, uh, 
She is turning 95 the 21st of February. So, uh, Corrine, have a very happy birthday. At least it's not rocket science. At, At least, least it's not, not rocket, rocket science. science. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Bye.